The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yeah, thanks to Paul Hazelby and also Damien Martin for the run home uh, with Hayes and Mardo. Returns again tomorrow between 3 and 5 here on SENWA. Great to have your company. Peter Vlahos with you. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre, where you get the right tool from the start. And let's hope that uh, this weather that's prevailed probably for the last three days starts to abate a bit overnight and the reports are that Thursday will be nowhere near as windy as it's been since the start of this uh, working week. I tell you what has been interesting is Australia's performance at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, We finish after day five, 106 medals, 42 gold, 32 silver and 32 bronze. It's quite incredible, really. England, uh, 20 medals behind us, but they've picked up uh, 11 fewer gold medals, sitting at 31, 34 and 21, respectively. And then it's a fair gap to uh, number three, which is New Zealand, with uh, 13 gold, seven silver and six bronze. But still, the Kiwis have done exceptionally well. We're going to look at the fortunes of the hockey ruse and the kookaburras. Of course, hockey came into the Commonwealth Games in 1998, and the Kookaburras have won gold every four years, have not missed out on gold when it comes to the Commonwealth Games, while the Hockey Roos, uh, the women's team, have only missed out twice and were disappointing up on the Gold Coast four years ago. So we're going to look at the two hockey teams. One's in action, I think, right at the moment, and that is the Hockey Roos. They're taking on Scotland, and we'll keep abreast of that. Uh, Ashley Nelson, who played over 200 times for the Hockey Roos, and now a Channel 10 reporter, is going to join us a bit later on the program to see whether the incredible run from the Kookaburras will continue and whether the Hockey Roos can bounce back to gold at these Olympic Games in Birmingham. Before that, uh, there's a top-of-the-table clash in the WAFL. It is West Perth and East Fremantle up there at Joondalup. I'll speak to Billy Monaghan, the coach of the East Fremantle Sharks, a bit later in the program. But first, as I mentioned, a lot of talk regarding Eddie Betts. I know it was discussed right throughout the day today here on SENWA and on the run home with Hayes and Mardo, uh, with Eddie Betts revealing for the first time the trauma he felt after a weird and completely disrespectful leadership training camp that he attended as an Adelaide Crows player in the 2018 preseason. It's amazing. That's over four years ago. And, of course, it still reverberates uh, through not only the sporting community but the Australian community. He's releasing his new autobiography, The Boy from Boomerang Crescent. It's released actually today. And the three-time All-Australian says the secretive four-day camp held on the Gold Coast run by a group he has chosen not to name, left him feeling like a piece of me, was brainwashed. And he said at that uh, camp uh, that uh, sensitive Aboriginal cultural rituals offended him and jeopardised the well-being of other younger Indigenous players within the Crows. And this is what Mark Rusciuto, of course a celebrated Adelaide Crows player, had to say today about that very issue in Adelaide. Look, it's sad to hear Eddie write that because he's been one of the greats at the football club. I'm not sure if there's anyone who's thrilled the crowd more than Eddie Betts. Mm. You know, Tony Modra's up there, um, and they're probably in those two are out in another bracket, really. Darren Jarman in the grand final. So 
unbelievable players at the football club and player welfare is is always number one no matter what's going on you always want everyone to be happy and all that so it's very sad that uh, Eddie's written that and I think the club's been on record at times to say that they acknowledge that it wasn't handled perfectly hmm. uh, it had all good intentions but it, it didn't go perfectly they so they acknowledge that but so it's sad to say um, and you know uh, we all love Eddie, and and hopefully Eddie's uh, getting over that. Um, and you know that was four years ago. Certainly, the clubs moved on from that and uh, looking towards the future, and have made uh, a lot of ground since back then. So, yep, it's come up in Eddie's book, and that's fair enough. And uh, as I said, um, hopefully Eddie's moving on as well, and you know the club can move on and uh, to bigger and better things. Yeah, I think Mark Rashudo makes a good point. It was over four years ago, and I think a lot has been. Uh, Posted and a lot has been said and changes have been made at the Adelaide Crows. Uh, but the fact that it's been brought up in the autobiography, it's opened old wounds and Eddie's been very honest about how he felt. And, of course, that's been addressed today. Of course, uh, Kane Corns, former Port Adelaide player, uh, born and bred in South Australia, also had his thoughts on SEN regarding what uh, transpired today. The question is that... All of the people that have defended the camp and said that there's nothing that's gone on, including the Crows fans, including Mark Rusciuto, including the club, what do they do now? After details have been revealed that you know Eddie Betts was abused about his mother on this camp. So the, the, the saddest thing for me is that, I tweeted this last night, for, for me the two most popular players at Adelaide are Modra and Betts. Like, no one made the Adelaide Oval stand up when they went near the football in Crows history like Eddie Betts. No one has been more popular if you're walking down the street. Who wants 31's autograph? It's Eddie Betts. So for me, and I know it's subjective and McLeod and Rashida and all of that, but that's the echelon that Eddie Betts has held in. To read how he was treated by his own football club, which he is an icon of, that was the saddest part for me. Yeah, and it was sad. There's no question, Kane Corns, but I'm not sure what you can do to change... The past. I don't know what you can do with something that transpired four years ago. Eddie's been very honest in his book. Uh, as I said, it's opened up old wounds and no doubt, hopefully, and I think Adelaide have moved on exponentially since that affair. It cost a lot of people their positions at the Adelaide Football Club and these sort of things will keep cropping up and we know the racism issue keeps cropping up. We saw what happened to Adam Saad across the weekend. Of course, uh, he was racially vilified across the weekend. The AFL is always going to struggle to stamp it out completely. It's a generational thing. And just like this regarding the Adelaide Crows, I think the Crows met it head on, did a full investigation into it, and uh, certainly adapted what they thought was the right process to steer themselves clear, knowing that it was uh, and it made a significant impact on the culture and certainly the credibility of the Adelaide Football Club. And we know what happened with Tex Walker just uh, over a year ago, and he's bounced back. Uh, He's been very apologetic. I think he's mended a few bridges, and he's now playing pretty good footy for the Adelaide Crows. But the thing is with the AFL is they're saying they're trying to stamp out racism, it's going to bob its head up every now and then. As I said, it's a generational problem. It's not as if it's going to be fixed overnight. Uh, The other thing that i like to maybe bring up is the fact that uh, Justin Longmill today, uh, they had training the Fremantle Dockers. They've got a pivotal match on the weekend. 
against the Western Bulldogs at Marvel Stadium. They need to win that to keep any hopes of a uh, top four spot alive. They haven't won in their last three games, two losses and that draw to Richmond. They trained in these uh, cyclonic conditions this morning and he was asked whether there was any benefit knowing they could be playing under the roof against the Western Bulldogs on the weekend to play in these conditions. Yeah, a lot of areas of our game we need to work on and, yeah, irrelevant of what we're going to play in this weekend, we can get a lot out of training. Have you had to restructure your, your planning for, for the, the sessions because of what the, the conditions are out there at all? Nah. No, no, just embrace the conditions. They, they present a different, obst- a bit of a different obst- obstacle and some different challenges, but we can still prepare the way we want to prepare. Given that you're not in the best form at the moment, does, does something different almost help the mindset a little bit that refocus it? No, probably not. No, I don't know whether we all like getting out there and, yeah, cyclonic conditions. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, we'll just we'll embrace the conditions. Um, but we've been trying to change up a few things with with, the, with our prep. Um, but on the on the flip side, players <clears throat> are creatures of habit. They like routine and consistency as well. So we just need to make sure um, we're realistic with where our form's at. Um, you know, four weeks ago we beat St Kilda at Marvel. Um, we're nine points up three weeks ago <clears throat> against uh, in the last quarter against Sydney. Um, we drew at Marvel against Richmond, who have trumped that f- uh, form pretty well on the weekend, coming from 40 points down. Um, and we played a poor game on the weekend. So um, we're not in the form we'd like to be, but we just need to make sure we're, we're um, balanced with the way we frame up where we're at. Um, and what we need to improve on, and our players are really clear on that. So there you go. That's Justin Longmuir conducting the press conference today. As I said, uh, the Fremantle Dockers trained this morning in uh, pretty ordinary conditions. Uh, a howling breeze up to 60 knots. Uh, rain coming down can be completely different when they play under the roof uh, against the Western Bulldogs at Marvel across the weekend. And just before we take a break, the other thing that's uh, surfaced today, you heard David Mundy on the run home with the uh, boys Paul Hazelby and also Damian Martin. There's been some conjecture and there's been some stories uh, circulating that David Mundy, as we know, was the best player for the Fremantle Dockers in that inept performance uh, last weekend against Melbourne. And there's still life in the old Fox, as they say. And now Luke Hodge, as we know, uh, was basically phased out of Hawthorne and ended up playing as a significant leader to try and help the rebuild at the Brisbane Lions. And people were saying today in footy circles, because David Mundy has still got some currency, and even though he may not fit in with the future plans of the Fremantle Dockers for 2023, because seemingly, and rightfully so, Frio can't carry Nat Fife and also David Mundy together in one team because of uh, the type of footy they play and, and the age bracket, that maybe David Mundy should be sounded out by the North Melbourne Football Club and go and help with the redevelopment and the rebuild at the Forlorn Kangaroos. This is what Luke Hodge had to say about that. No, no, I could. I could be wrong here, but he's a, he's a, a mid-forward. Um, that's where he's played most of his career. The reason why I was able to sort of fit into to Fags's process so easy because I played halfback pretty much my career. Uh, I understood the way Fags wanted to play, and it was a very similar system with a few tweaks to how we were playing at Hawthorne. For Monday going from a, a mid-forward over across to a new system, he'll be learning the system just as much as he's, he'll be learning the half-back role where he's got to try and 
teach, learn the players around him, but also help and guide the blokes in front of him. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I reckon that's too too much for a player to, to to move states, get to know the players, and learn a whole different position to what than what he's played and and a new system with it. Um, but in saying that, Dave Mundy has exceeded everyone's expectations. He continued to push through, and he's a bloke who doesn't lay down. So if he if he does move across, there will be a boost for, for North Melbourne. But I think it's it's a bit far. So there you go. Uh, there's Luke Hodges' uh, thoughts. Uh, by the way, you can join us any time here on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Norman Kalgoorlie says, I'd like to see Eddie Betts uh, back in Kalgoorlie working with the Mines Rovers to improve uh, their form. Good on you, Norm. Uh, you can also join us on the Scarborough Toyota open line. You can call 13 12 55. You can sell your car to Scarborough Toyota. They buy all makes and models. And as well as that, uh, they service all makes and models as well. Not forgetting that uh, the Commonwealth Games, the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games, live, free and exclusive on 7 and 7 Plus. You can download the 7 Plus app for your smart TV, mobile or tablet now. We'll do more on the Commonwealth Games in the second half hour of Drive here with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre.